Today's episode of Tyson Tate is brought to you by Coors Light. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash T ampersand T. That's CoorsLight.com slash T and T. Please celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, as first reported on this program, the reports of the Big 12's demise have been greatly exaggerated. The Big 12 Mm. will, in fact, rise from the ashes. At least all indications seem to be that uh, the the conference realignment ashes, the Big 12 will be fine, Tate. The newest, latest development is that Gonzaga is flirting with the Big 12. They're winking at each other. They're, they're, They're touching each other under the table. Uh, is there a budding romance? We don't know yet, <laughs> but there's flirtation yeah. going on. But, but they're looking at each other in their eyes, and maybe there's a little bit of love uh, yeah. going through their heads. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, also, cheating update. Um, Kansas <laughs> Kansas has a self-imposed suspension. Emphasis on the self. That uh, we did nothing. We did nothing wrong. But also, we're gonna go ahead and bow out here. We're gonna take out four games. Yeah. Uh, Kansas's messaging very confusing, but I, 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 <laughs> I do not know what the hell's going on. This is, uh, they are all over the place. They're both fighting the NCAA and also at the same time saying, we are very sorry. And how can we help you? Our books are open. Yeah. Look at the books. <laughs> Look at these books. Uh, the Astros threw a no hitter against the Phillies. We'll just move past that one. That's part of the cheating update I had though. Um, I don't know how they did it, but they cheated. I do know that much. They cheated for and sure. Finally, agree. the real thing I want to talk about. Rick Pitino is back on the market officially. He's officially been exonerated. Uh, he's officially been um, hang the banner, put the banner back up. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll I'll hang Louisville's banner if I have to do it myself. I I just we we have to see <laughs> to it that this banner goes back up. But uh, yeah, the Louisville decision came from the IARP, whatever the hell that means. Um, and basically Rick Pitino's off the hook and can now now like major college basketball programs can hire him without fear of anything happening for hiring him. You know, it's over the cloud yeah. of Rick Pitino and the FBI and that circle chart that we all worshiped over for about three months is over. Yeah. Now, now the cloud is done and now the sunshine is out and Rick Pitino's back. Perfect. Perfect timing. Honestly, after we talked about Lenore Ryan, what is it? Lenore Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and you and I were, were clamoring for the banner to go back up and leave Louisville alone and they've suffered enough and all that. And how about that? Uh, a couple of days later, the, uh, the decision comes that, uh, the, the 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 healing process can begin in Louisville, and we are excited about that. So we'll talk about that. Uh, also, Robert Dillingham to overtime elite is happening, and uh, John Calipari. The, we we got I gotta start a segment this week in John Calipari news. Like just <laughs> just like here's what's going on in this man's orbit. Um, yes. Because I, I I can't stop consuming cow content. I really can't. And he's uh he he's he's got thoughts on his. Team he can't and, stop producing it. Yeah. He is addicted to content. Yeah. He he loves the cycle. That selfie video he made in his office where you want to talk about mixed messages and, and muddy in the waters and trying to make sense of what the hell this man's saying. Uh, I, I might want to talk about that at the end of the show, if you will indulge me. Um, there's a ton to get Please. to. I'm very excited. This will be a fun show, but first. Woody Durham. All right, what do we want to start with, Tate? What's what's juicier to you, uh, Gonzaga 
being flirtatious with the Big 12. Uh, preliminary discussions of Gonzaga maybe joining the Big 12. Wait, what? They don't have a football program, um, but it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, or Louisville finally. <laughs> I think it at, does matter, but we'll talk yeah, about Yeah, I know. We'll talk I know. About or, or Louisville finally at long last, um, maybe beginning the road to get the program back to where it was once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we start with Louisville because I like happy news. You know what I mean? And I like the fact that you and I on our last episode, like you mentioned at the top of the show, we talked about the fact that Louisville is the only team in this modern era that has been disrespected, that the they have the only ones that have had to deal with any of this punishment. And shout out to our guy, Mike Rutherford, our voice of the Louisville Cardinals, because he did point out that Brian Bowen is also the biggest fall guy in all this. And when you really think about what happened in the larger context of college basketball and college sports and, you know, how we talk about cheating in the game. Like Rick Pitino and Brian Bowen basically took the brunt of this and everyone else was like, okay, glad you got those guys. We're going to keep doing what we were doing yeah. over here, but don't come look over here. You know what I mean? So the fact that this ruling comes down and the IARP, which was created in 2019 is basically, we don't have enough bandwidth to deal with NCAA cases. So we created a whole separate committee and now they're going to be debunked in what, once they get done with these cases, right, they're going to be done. So they really have one last hoorah. And I do respect that the IARP seems to be on the side of the people, which is like, who cares? Everyone is doing the same is, thing. Is that You're what basically it is? picking and choosing. <laughs> that, that's how I'm reading this. They're just like, Louisville, you deserve your banner. Rick Pitino, it's not your fault. And uh, plausible deniability wins yet again in the world of college basketball. And that's the happy news, right? We, <laughs> this is a game that we know very well. And uh, Rick Pitino is very excited about it. And I'm I read excited it. as well. I read it more as they are, uh, they're lazy and sitting on their hands and they, I mean, of they've course, all just yes. pushed, they've all pushed the responsibility <laughs> around to each other. They're just sitting at like yes. a round table playing like hot potato with like, who's responsible mm -hmm. for making a ruling on any of this. Yes. And and then finally there's someone just said, guys, we have to make a decision. And they're like, I don't really want to. So let's just, let's just say five, the $5,000 fine was the funniest part to me of the, like the, <laughs> the ultimate decision that they ruled was there's uh th there's no postseason ban. Um, there's two years probation for Louisville, uh, whatever that means. I don't know. Whatever uh, that means. We'll, we have we'll, no idea. We'll have to, have, we'll have to have Kyle on the show and explain to us how probation works. Uh, <laughs> that feels like it's his domain. <laughs> He's like, so you got a PO and so PO stands for parole officer. <laughs> uh, there's a reduction in recruiting days, but it's like very minimal. Um, there's mm -hmm. no no punishment to Rick Pitino, no punishment to Chris Mack, and a five thousand dollar fine. And the fine was the funniest part to me because five thousand uh, dollars to to Louisville, which is uh, to my knowledge has long been, and I assume it still is. I haven't I haven't pulled up the the figures lately, but the uh, the number one revenue driving basketball program in the country by a significant yeah. margin uh, has been fined five thousand dollars. <laughs> The school that willingly so, paid Chris Mack $10 million a year. I think they're going to be okay with $5,000. Yeah, that cracked me up. But uh, anyway, like you said, this is all positive news. This is what we needed. Uh, we have been, you know, I mean, we said it last show. We spent a lot of time talking about Louisville last show that uh, uh, we, we like making Louisville jokes. It's a very funny situation. The scandals that come out of Louisville are always funny, whether it's Patino related or the Chris Mack, Dino Gaudio stuff, like for what, whatever it is. Thank you. Writers, Thank you. Yeah. Whoever the writers are for the University of Louisville that come up with these storylines, they're incredible. Uh, I love they're like them. the Geico writers of the commercials where you're just like, these guys just don't miss. I don't get it. I don't know how they keep doing it, but they just don't miss. Is um, it the same guys? 
But at a certain point, losing to Lenore, Lenore Ryan, Lenore Ryan, uh, <laughs> losing to Lenore Ryan was like a breaking point for me where I was like, this is, I'm, this is no longer funny. I'm not having fun. I'm, this is not funny. Let's get this back. Let's get this program back to where we can again, make fun of them again. You got to build them back up so we can tear them down. You know, we already torn them yes. all the way down. Now we're trying to light the ashes on fire and there's just nothing there. There's no, it's not working, you know? So I want this program to get back. I want them to start healing again. I want them to be a relevant player on the national stage. And uh, it's still a long way to go, Tate. They play Chaminade tonight, by the way. So Yeah, I'm I'm very worried. I'm knocking on We'll wood. monitor that situation. <laughs> Tough matchup. Yeah, bad matchup. If Chaminade wins, they should get the Maui spot, right? 100%. I, I, if they beat, if they beat Louisville... I, I think we should stick our necks out and say that we think that's the right way. That's the fair way to play it. Because it's fair to Louisville, too. Because if you're Louisville and you lose to Chaminade after Lenore Ryan, you say to yourself, okay, maybe we're not ready for Maui, right? This isn't yeah. a Maui year. Maybe we're one year away from being ready for Maui. Can we punt our Maui invitation to next year? Maybe you, maybe you do that. Maybe you call out. And I feel like if you're Chaminade and you beat Louisville, you're willing to take that call. You know what I mean? You're, really, yeah. you're willing to go 0-3 in Maui for them. They announced a trade in the post-game press conference. Dun, dun, yes. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we have a trade to announce. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Louisville is sending their rights to the 2023 Maui Invitational to Chaminade. Or 2022, I guess it would be. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, we're excited. Louisville basketball is, is on its way back. Long way to go, but uh, this helps. This does help. There's been a cloud over the program. There's been, um, you know, wh whether you want to say that this is the reason DJ Wagner is flipping from a Louisville lean to Kentucky. It's probably not, but uh, you know, what, whatever it is, there's definitely been a cloud and there's definitely been, um, you know, it, it's definitely impacted the program as a whole. And the fact that it's now cleared up is exciting. So that is awesome. I want the banner to go back up. Uh, Dana O'Neill, friend of the program. We had her on. We liked her. Yes, I, I, we like I her. read Old her Big book East. about the big East. I loved it. Mm -hmm. uh, she's, she's great. Um, but Dana, we don't need you to point out that the reason the banner came down is a different thing from what the ruling was today. You know, I saw like all the Louisville fans are like, all right, well, let's put the banner back up since we're not really getting punished. And then Dana was like, uh, <laughs> Dana was like, uh, yeah, FYI, the banner like, came down. This is a different scandal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Different scandal. <laughs> Same school. I can, I can see why you might be confused. <laughs> so Dana, we appreciate the journalism. We do. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At the same time, we don't always need the journalism. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes just slide. sit back. Yeah. Sometimes so just, just sit back. And I also think that, I mean, Rick Pitino basically said, I, I do love that Rick Pitino was like putting quotes out. You know what I mean? Like he was like, there were quotes I just kept seeing from different reporters. Like here's Rick Pitino's thoughts on this. I do love that Rick Pitino already put out that the banner has to go back up. Right. I mean, yeah. and it goes Donovan back to Mitchell what you're saying too. with Dana. Donovan yeah, Mitchell exactly. tweeted out. Put the banner I tweeted back from up. Titus and Tate, hang the banner back up and tag Louisville. You know what I mean? Because I, <laughs> I wanted to start our own echo chamber. I think everyone should be on the side of that because at the end of the day, it's a great team. It's a great team in the lore of college basketball history. Luke Hancock is on ACC Network all year long talking about the 2013 MOP. So if he's talking right. about that and he still gets the acknowledgement of being that, let's give them the banner back. Nobody really cares at the end of the day. And we, I personally, and we personally as a college basketball community, we need Louisville and want Louisville to be good. Because like you said, if they're good, then we can hate them. And therefore, the fact that the, it balances out. The fact that Kansas and Butler and does, does Carolina have their pre-NCAA tournament national championship banners hanging? The fact that Kansas has two non-NCAA tournament banners hanging in Allen Fieldhouse and Louisville 
doesn't have a 2013 banner hand. It's it's disgusting if you really think about it. It's, it's no. I mean, if you really think about it, Butler has a 1924 banner, and so does North Carolina. <laughs> there are two schools that have the exact same national championship <laughs> banner, and no one cares at all. Yet we're going to be frivolous and and act ridiculous about the fact that we watched them win the national championship. There's two we schools talked about on the show. Yeah, I mean, there's two schools with the 1924 and zero schools with the 2013. As it currently stands, <laughs> make that make sense. And, um, and 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 2020, right? We and 2020, we two, yeah. We had two in the same decade with no national champions right now, and I can handle one. I can handle 2020. You know what I mean? I hate what that if, year. I'm done with it forever. But we got to get 2013 back. What if what if Louisville tries to slip one past us and and they have a hang the banner ceremony and they hang the 2013 and as they're doing it they like slide real quickly and and, and uh, hang a 2020 right next to it <laughs> and and everyone's like losing their minds yeah. <laughs> like, well because like, we saw put it, up, put it up now they're not looking they're not looking go 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 I think in 2030 you and I should determine who was the 2020 national champion. We should do a simulation where we figure mm. out like based on the teams who are actually one who declared to be national champions, right? Kansas declared to be, Dayton declared to be, Michigan State declared to be, and then we figure out who the actual champion is and then we yeah. hang that banner. No, I, this is a great <laughs> idea cuz I cuz one thing I took away from uh the IARP making this ruling and and learning that the IAI what IARP man yes, it really does IARP. sound like the AARP. Um, it's like you're throwing up as you're trying to say what you're talking really about. Is. You know what I mean? That's really what their name is. I feel like I'm having a stroke just trying to. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> um, IARP. Uh, when I really, I you, you, they 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 uh, announced like a five thousand. They 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 did nothing. Um, when I read that <laughs> announcement, I realized, Tate, my new career ambition is to get on one of these committees. I just want it so badly. Like I need to be on yeah. the next iteration or whatever the IARP is. Uh, I need to be on like a maybe it's the Maui Invitational, dude. Maybe I get in on that. Mm. You know, like we get in mm. on like the, you know, we parlay our our we 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 use our wooden award vote and somehow like use that as leverage. I don't know how. I'm just trying. I'm just spitballing here. But I want to be on one yeah. of these committees where you don't do shit, but you have a lot of power. You you get in a you get like a corporate card with the NCAA's logo on it that you can just like travel across the country. So you're doing work Swipe on behalf. It. Uh, yes. maybe a bowl game, you know, like maybe we work for the sugar bowl or something. I feel like they have a pretty cushy gig. Um, yeah, I, I think it's like work for a conference also. Like, you know, Vic Bubisit, you go from a yeah, coach to like, yeah. now I run the Sun Belt, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, I just make dude. decisions like as the Sun Belt. And what if we're like, the co what? what is going on with the Sun We're Belt? the co chairs of Sun Belt basketball, you know, mm -hmm. and like, we're our, yeah. our jobs are just to like promote and, and help grow and whatever. Um, and everyone loves it. Yeah, it'd be great. Fun belt. But uh, uh, that's a great idea though, because I think I think we can do that with the 2020 national championship. I think you and I can like form like a committee. We can get some sort of funding, get like the NCAA to back us, and it takes us. We start it like in 2025. We say it's going to take five to seven years to come up with a ruling, <laughs> and then we we do like a television special, um, where we say we're donating the proceeds to the boys and girls club, but we keep it all ourselves. How about that? Sign idea. me up. <laughs> I, I also think that we we start... The, I'm trying to figure out the name of our committee. It needs to be something that's transformation related. You know what I mean? Because we need to one-up mm. transformation. So I'm thinking uh, modification committee, mm. alteration committee. We need to take... Like the transformation committee is trying to to make a, a transformation, but we have to go one step above that. So whatever they do, you know, remember in the South Park episode where all the different like law enforcement keep coming in and they're like, 
not anymore. You're not, you know what I mean? And it's like, first <laughs> it's the FBI. And the, you know what I mean? That's what we have to do. Like the transformation committee is making a decision and they think they have, have autonomy in the decision. And we come in, it's like, not anymore. You're not transformation. I love the committee. idea of, we should just go back and do every single national championship. We should, we should start a yeah. rivalry at the Helms foundation and just say mm -hmm. like, you, you guys don't know ball. You, you, you don't know ball. Show me your credentials. Take the left yeah, you guys are challenge. Yeah. <laughs> You're not we, real we're, we're calling out 80 year old men for not being hoopers. Like, this guy's not a hooper. <laughs> Bob Cousy's at the event. Like, this guy's not a hooper. This guy. Um, anyway, oh, where were man. we? Uh, so Louisville's back. They're going to hang the banner. We're going to, we're going to see to it that it happens. Congratulations to Louisville. Um, but what about the Patino part of all this? Patino's off the well, hook. Yeah. What? Patino's off the hook. Well, I was going to say, we do have two fall guys I wanted to mention before we, oh, okay. we move. I don't I know if we're going to move on, but the, the fall guys of the situation are the assistant coaches, Kenny Johnson and Jordan Fair, and uh, they have other jobs. They are keeping their jobs currently, but they are the only ones that are basically dealing with any sort of ramifications of this, and that's because they paid Brian Bowen's family, and that was on the record. So they got both of them got two-year show cause penalties. I mean, granted, they're assistant coaches, but... You know, in the world of college basketball, as much I want to talk about Patino, obviously, we're going to get to that next. But I wanted to point out before we get to the real winner of this, there had to be two people that fell on the sword for Rick mm -hmm. Patino to shine. And uh, shout out to Kenny Johnson and Jordan Fair because they were like, I will fall on the sword for you, Coach Patino. One yeah. last time. There we go. Um, <laughs> the, I, I do want to get to the Patino part because I find the Patino part more fascinating than the Louisville part, to be honest with you. Of um, course. Because. As you kind of said at the top of uh, of of this whole discussion, talking about uh, Louisville just getting their program nuked, um, Patino until Will Wade was fired from by by LSU. My recollection, Tate, and you correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm boy, am I wrong a lot? So that it, I could be wrong, but there those are the only two head coaches that have that have gone down for for FBI related stuff. Like Sean Miller wasn't fired from Arizona because of of anything he did on the, because of the, the, the Schleybach wiretaps. That's not why he was fired. He was fired because he sucks mm -hmm. and he was losing too much. And they finally were just like, enough's enough. You know, we can't do this. Literally. anymore, Sean. Yeah. Um, so it, Will, Will Wade was, was definitely fired by LSU. Will Wade was fired before this, this year's <laughs> tournament started. And we still have to see what's going to happen with LSU. But uh, for the longest time, Rick Patino was the only man that went down. Brian Bowen again, like it's it, it's I I'd have to go back and and review all the notes through the years of all the podcasts we've done about all this FBI shit. But uh, to my knowledge, Brian so many Bowen hours, like, yeah, <laughs> so many hours. Brian Bowen was like the only guy that had like his his career ruined before it even started. I guess like there's the Billy Preston mystery at Kansas with the car uh, that he hit the fire hydrant. Was is that that's the story, right? Like he hit like a fire hydrant and like. They were investigating the car and found a duffel bag of cash. And I don't, or is that the story we, we, we painted? That, on our own? I, I, I can't remember what is reality and what, what isn't, but I, I will say, like, but, at the end of the day, like, I saw Billy Preston on the Cleveland Cavaliers playing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it felt right. like some of those, like, it still kind of course corrected itself. Well, okay. Yeah. So I'll put it this way whether they were the only ones or not, they were the first ones. And they were the first ones in a sense, in a, in a, they were, they were the first ones um, at a time that felt like they were, it was going to be the first of many. And then as more yeah. time went on, there was no more many. It, it was like a hand, like maybe one or two here and there, but like, no, you know, Rick, when Rick Pitino was fired, Louisville thought all these coaches are going down. Everybody's going down. We have to, to, to get out ahead of this. We have to fire Rick Pitino. Uh, it, it was not Tom Jurich who did it, by the way, it was the board of trustees. Um, Tom Jurich is another guy 
was the athletic yeah, director. I was like, gonna say George got fired. I mean, they George both got, got fired. fired. Yeah. Um, yeah. and and I don't know of any other like it, the 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 way Louisville handled it was in retrospect the absolute wrong way to handle this, like absolutely horrendous way to handle this. Uh, and and for for that reason, like that's where you start to feel bad for Louisville fans is. <clears throat> excuse me, like through the years observing all these other schools. And that's what happens when the NCAA rules on stuff, uh, fans of other schools say, well, how come they got this and I got this and how come our team and this year had this and, you know, <laughs> and everybody wants equality and fairness, even though all the rules change all the time and it's just impossible. Yeah. Um, but that's how it works. And, and Louisville fans were rightfully annoyed by it all because I mean, how could you not be when you're looking around and you're like, we fired our coach, we fired our AD, uh, our, our, our recruit, Brian Bowen never even played for us. Like the whole reason this whole thing exists is for a guy who never even played a second of basketball for Louisville. It's and insane. And Rick Pitino said on his radio show, it was the easiest recruitment of his life. I mean, that we cannot, re we, the reason why it got such a high profile thing is because like people were like, they thought he was bragging about it, but the way that Rick Pitino yeah. was explaining it, he was like, I just, this kid fell in my lap and he's so talented and I can't believe I got this talented kid to just come here. And you know what I mean? That, that was another part. It was like a lot of like misinterpretation. Like people thought that Rick Pitino was spitting in the face of people. Like I'm cheating, do something about it when he really wasn't at all. And that's why he was so blindsided by it in the first place. Dude, they put out, did I read this right? That they, I didn't, I didn't read the, the whole release from the NCAA. God, dude, mm -hmm. I have, I have, I do not have enough free time in the world. Like, yeah, yeah there's no way I'm reading. <laughs> so I was, I was reading other people's <laughs> interpretations of it or whatever, but uh, apparently Rick Pitino was, was too compliant. Is that what they, that was like the language they used was like, you followed yeah. the compliance too much. And for that reason, like that was suspicious to us. Like, am I understanding that correctly? That was the, the yeah. accusation against Patino. That was the because... implication. I don't know if it was the accusation, but the implication was basically like you doing this kind of alluded to the fact that you knew you were doing something wrong. And Rick Patino's whole thing was like, I knew nothing. That's why I was like, look, look anywhere. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay, so I found it. Uh, basically, the NCAA was arguing that the that that Patino his crime was he was too strict on compliance for it to be effective. That's the language that they use. The hearing panel agrees and was not persuaded by the argument that the former head coach, number one, was too strict on compliance for, be, for it to be effective. That was what the NCA argued, was that Rick Pitino was too strict for his compliance to be effective. And then the IARP said that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, I don't know. The I'm, I'm, point is, the point is this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from, this, from this ruling, Rick Pitino being too compliant, um, I, I have no choice but to self-impose some punishment uh, on on myself. I I, I do vacate the Rick Pitino jokes. I vacate them, not all of okay. them. Um, but I think, like in all seriousness, like maybe the man did have his name drugged through the mud, Tate. Like maybe we were wrong I mean, the whole time. Like I think we I were mean, so he... excited about a world in which we can make Rick Pitino jokes for the rest of time that I'm like, he was too compliant. Like that's not that's not like saying he may or may not have known or may not have, like that. You put it in an official legal, let the record show yeah. that this man was too compliant. Yeah. What? I mean, they asked, 
They asked Rick Pitino his weaknesses, and he says he loves too hard. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, like that, 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 that was kind of what the, the takeaway you know, of this whole thing was. And at the end of the day, Rick Pitino and what Rick Pitino recruited to Louisville, let's just be honest about it. If you really think about the players that he was bringing in, he's bringing in three-plus, four-plus guys. So Rick Pitino's not really – he doesn't need to get the top ten guys to go to, to Louisville. That wasn't even his M.O. anyway. And that's why he was so taken aback when he did get this five-star that fell into his lap. And that's why he was so like gung ho about the idea of it was the easiest recruitment ever because he's like, I don't really play this five star game anymore. Yeah. Yet I got a five star guy to come to my program. And then guess what? It all blows up. Dude, I'm shook though. Poor, I'm, poor, I, I really poor am. Patino. I really am. Cause I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, like part of it though, I, I don't vacate all my jokes. I'll say that I vacate 69% of my Patino jokes. Okay. Uh, I would like to, Fair. I would like Fair. to rescind all of those. Um, but at the same time, like the the, I mean the the Italian restaurant thing, like that has nothing to do with that. Um, the, that is one of my. Uh, sometimes you know your iPhone, like it'll just throw up pictures at you, like from a date or whatever. There, <laughs> a few weeks back, or I mean, it might have been even as recently as like yesterday or the other day, it popped up on my feed, and there's a picture of you and I. Uh, outside of the restaurant, just <laughs> just smiling, taking a picture. And I was like, I forgot we did that. Incredible yeah, times in that's, Louisville. That's yeah. And, <laughs> I do and, not take back that joke. I do not take that was that was a good time. That was those and the strippers, the strippers, uh, whether he knew about it or not, like it's still bad. It was you know? that that felt like a wink, wink deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if he didn't know, he kind of he knew enough to know that I something do, was going. I, on. I do. I do believe that he didn't facilitate it. I uh, but. You know, like, come on, at a certain point. And, and for it to happen to that guy's program, you know what I mean? Like, if there's one coach you yeah. can't have. <laughs> like, if, strip, <laughs> if the yeah, strippers Rick happen, should have had a meeting with everyone and saying, there's things that we just yeah, can't have we, here. We you know what I mean? You can have it other do. places. You can't <laughs> <Yeah>. have it. <laughs> They're looking for it here. I don't care what <laughs> scandal you guys get involved in. Just do not make it sex related. That's all I ask. Um, yeah, please. Yeah, so I don't vacate all the jokes, but the part of uh, you know, he he's he's he is vindicated in a lot of ways, right? Like he has to be, and and I don't know what comes next because Patino, uh, we remember when he got fired, he's doing all these press tours talking about how he's never going to coach again, and he's cry like he he said, "I'm just going to ride off into the sunset." He wrote it in his book. He talked about it on his podcast. He tweeted about it. He said it on the Dan yep. Patrick show. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my last interview. He said it again on his next interview. He said it in the Ringer article that John Gonzalez wrote about him. Uh, he said it over and over and over and over again that he doesn't want to do any more media. He doesn't want to be in the limelight. Yeah, yeah. Please um, get this camera out of my face. So the newest thing he's been saying is that I love Iona. This is the last place I want to coach. This is I've created my own slice of paradise here. This isn't quite Camelot like Lexington, Kentucky, but it is, uh, you know, Camelot's, you know, younger sister um mm -hmm. and, and i'd like to get to know her a little better and take her to an italian restaurant uh so the question becomes tate is how how much of that was him talking himself into it how much of it was uh reality how much like is now that rick patino is free and clear now that you can hire rick patino and um not have to worry about his past catching up with your program if you are at ad um yeah, how how is he is he now actually going to take phone calls to take a power conference job and make one more push at a national championship? Because I want to believe in that story. I want to believe in the world where Rick Pitino goes for one more national title so he can grab the microphone on on the national championship stage and tell everyone to kiss his ass because that would be the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, in my head and in my heart, I do think that we're not done with Louisville. 
I think there's still a world Whoa. in which Rick goes back to Louisville. Yeah, I, I think that is really like that's really the only place I think that he goes back and does it again. You know what I mean? Like that's the only. I don't think it's Kentucky. Kentucky is too much of. I mean, Kentucky with coaches, it's a mercenary program, right? They they move on, and then once you move on, they tell you how much they loved you while you were there. Like Tubby Smith was like, "What the hell? Yeah, I wish yeah. people were nice to me when I actually coached here." Um, yeah. But so you know, Rick Pitino is too old to put himself back into that you know turnstile. He. Sorry, I don't want to, not to bring up a turnstile to you, but uh, oh. that was a separate. <laughs> I don't know why turnstiles in my head, but uh, in general, I think that the only big power conference job he could go to, and that everyone claps and says, "Wow, that's a strong move." It's Louisville because if he goes back to Louisville, one, we're getting that banner back, and two, it's unfinished business. And if you're, I'm not saying like I'm not, I'm not not putting this out to to poo poo Kenny Payne era and all that sort of stuff, but maybe there's a world in which you know. Kenny Payne is on staff with Rick Pitino, right? Like they like they have so so much respect for each other. They come in and they tag team it and they bring Louisville back to the top because they love it so much. Um I I I that to me is the the fairy tale ending of Louisville basketball. It's Rick Pitino in a white suit back on the sidelines without mm -hmm. Papa John there and mm -hmm. he is like this is my this is my universe. This is my Camelot and Louisville back to the top. I'll see you in the final four. And I think it starts this year. I think they win this year. They win their conference. They go to the NCAA tournament. They maybe win one or two games. And Rick Pitino is like, what's up, baby? I'm here. You know where I am. You know Dude. what my number is. Give me a call. Can you, if Rick Pitino goes back to Louisville, that's the greatest thing that can For happen. For everybody. To, like everybody oh, it's, wins. It's, it's, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Except yeah, and, Kenny and it's like <laughs> <laughs> So Kenny Payne might lose. <laughs> I don't but know if you're Kenny Payne, if you if you're Kenny Payne and you get like uh, removed from your job or whatever, uh, you just go back to Kentucky and you take over recruiting with Calipari again, and then we get Kentucky Louisville, just like we all want. I mean, what what do I want to see again? You know, in a, in a world where rivalries are dying by by the wayside every single day, I do want to see Calipari Petito one more time. Yeah, but like an even playing field. You know what I mean? I want to see. Uh, I have all the resources that you have. And let's see who can actually coach because I think we all know what that's going to look like. It's going to be Rick Pitino winning well, in the end. Whether it's Louisville or elsewhere, I need this man. I I need one more push. Um, yeah, same. I need I need uh, I I need like I I think if you press me on it, um, I think I will go down as saying Rick Pitino is is the greatest basketball coach I've ever seen, and I I I mean that genuinely. We've talked about it before. I don't really have to convince you of that, Tate. Um, but mm. I, I think it was no. Fran Frischilla that I heard say about Kelvin Sampson in the last couple of years, like he was calling like a Houston game. I think it was Frischilla. Um, and I think it was Sampson, but if it wasn't point still stands that he said, uh, there's a line he had one time where he was like, Sampson can beat you with his players. Um, he can beat your players out, you know, but then you could switch teams, you could switch rosters and then he'll beat you with your players, you know, against his own players. Like he's that good of a coach. And that, that, that description applies to Rick Pitino more than any other person I've ever seen in my life that you could give him yeah. any roster. <clears throat> he'll kick your ass. You switch rosters and he'd still kick your ass, even though and prove that it wasn't the players. It was him. Um, and NBA people think Rick Pitino is a joke and a terrible coach. And that's because NBA people don't know ball. We know this. We know this. Yeah. Uh, Rick Pitino is one of the great basketball minds. And that that's why it's so funny when he talks about never cheating the game and all that stuff, because like, 
it makes no sense and it's stupid and we will joke about it forever. But at the same time, it makes perfect sense. And we know exactly what he's talking about, which is like the game itself in between the lines, coaching my team. He, I'm unimpeachable at all of this. You can't, you can't knock my coaching. You can't knock um, all that stuff. And then everything off the court. It's funny because it's, it's funny because the, the, he's the only guy that this sort of shit happens to. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, man, him, him, hearing that rick patino is too compliant makes me rethink everything i'm 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 vacating jokes and i'm hanging a banner that says rick patino never cheated the game i want to hang that next to the uh, 2013 banner. well and when you get into like you talk about rick patino being the greatest coach ever like in my mind when you get into like that top five you can you know pick whatever coaches you want in that top five but when you like to me it all starts with hubie brown like i i'm like hubie brown is is the the one to me when it comes to like who is the coach who's the godfather of the game of basketball not chuck taylor related but you know you give it to hubie brown but then you're talking about a larry brown you're talking about a bob knight you're talking about a mm -hmm. dean smith and then i think you're talking about a rick patino and, and i think like that is to me like those coaches it's like they what you just said which is you give me your players i'll take my players and I promise that's what you, coaching think, is, dude. That's coaching. Coaching yeah, exactly. isn't recruiting and, and fucking schmoozing boosters. And <laughs> like, you know, like that's not coaching. So like, there's a lot of people listening that are pulling their hair out. They're like, what? Rick Pitino, he only has two national championships. Ever heard of a guy named yeah. John Wooden who has, um, mm -hmm. yeah, dude, that's the, make your own list then tweet that out, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also uh, respect to John but, Wooden, you know, no disrespect to John Wooden there, but, but uh, just in my mind. Yeah, I mean, like that's the that's the uh, I, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm I'm. Let's We're Patino troopers. Let's move on because uh, I yeah. and this news is good news. This is good news for us. This is good yeah, news my, for the future my, of basketball. My brain's in a pretzel because like I I love making Rick Patino jokes for anyone on earth, but like now <laughs> I'm I'm realizing like what's at stake here, and like I I think I have to put my sword down and we have to I I have to join Patino's side and and help this man get a job somewhere and get the redemption story and and be the guy that's like helping him get his redemption story and go for his national championship. And all along the way, like talk about how disgusting it was that everyone made fun of this man for all those years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like shame on all of you who did this. Yeah. Who I mean, definitely he needs, me. to he needs to talk to Freddie Freeman's lawyers. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he needs to start suing people for <laughs> defaming him and slandering him. I think it's the time. This is the time now for people Rick forget Rick Pitino invented the three point shot and the press defense. Okay. So people let's just start right there. Um, yeah. The man's awesome. You would I, not I, even know who Billy Donovan was. If it wasn't for Rick Pitino saying, just shoot a three. And he's like, what'd you say, coach? He said, three is more than two. And Billy Donovan's yes. head almost exploded. Like Billy and his like, heart what? grew three sizes that day. And no one listened to Patino until Steph Curry came along. And then now yes. all of a sudden Steph And he yeah. and he's and he and he looked around and he said, I told you. I told you yeah. so. <laughs> Donnie Nelson standing there and he's like, damn it, Rick did it again. <laughs> all right, let's move on. That's too much Louisville talk. This is this is yeah, turning into much. the uh uh mm -hmm. with how much we talk about Kentucky. Now we're talking about Louisville. It's just it's ridiculous. We're just like the, the bluegrass basketball report or something over here. Um, yeah, we're done. We're done. Let's talk. Can we talk about Gonzaga to the Big 12? Because uh when I saw this news tape with that Gonzaga and the Big 12 were, were in talks of maybe something like by the way, we should start there. Very preliminary. Like I a lot <laughs> yeah. of people are acting like this is done and this is happening. Uh it could. I don't know. I I'm not I'm not ever gonna be surprised by anything. Um but at the same time, like I'm sure Gonzaga is talking to a lot of conferences. I don't. I'm I'm curious as to why this is the one that was leaked. But when I saw this tape, there's two words that came to mind: shocking and wacky. Those are the two. Yeah, words. it's this was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> 
I couldn't think I couldn't think of two better words, honestly. Um, the funniest part to me about this whole story, and like you said, it's very preliminary. None of this is even like real. Basically, what happened, but by what actually happened was the AD of Gonzaga was in Texas. They were playing their their scrimmage in Frisco, and he met uh, with the Big Twelve. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, we talked about that in the last episode. Gonzaga fans not happy about that, but we were just getting ready for the season. But at the end of the day, that is the real big story here that they met. And obviously mm-hmm. Gonzaga is having to explore their conference options. But when I hear, hear big 12, I still have a, that's great. I'm happy for Gonzaga, but also right. They have to play football, right? They yeah. Have I don't, to. I don't, I, I don't I, get how this works and I, I don't understand. Um, I want to be careful. Cause I feel like I'm ripping on Gonzaga too much uh, right now. I, I need to like mm-hmm. balance the scales here. And, um, okay. but at the same time, I got to say what I feel Tate. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it makes sense for the Big 12 to take Gonzaga. I don't understand. Like, it, it makes sense from the super conference basketball, the super basketball conference they would build. Um, but in, in, a, in a world where all these decisions are driven by football, I don't understand how you take a, a, a school, a tiny private school with no football program, um, and want to want to get them in the fold. That doesn't make sense uh, geographically either, which, like, you can throw that out the window now that UCLA and USC are in the Big Ten. We know that that precedent has been shattered, but at the same time, like that was, that was the big hiccup always with Gonzaga. Like, Cause the big East makes the most sense for a, a million different reasons. Um, basketball and, and the Catholicism, you know, like a private Catholic school, like that's basically what the whole big East is. Um, uh, they, they, they have no football. It's, it's like, it, it, it checks a lot of boxes. But the, the big hangup yep. was always the geography. You can't move Spokane, Washington to, to the, the Eastern time zone. Um, but in this new world we live in where geography isn't an issue, and if Gonzaga is, in fact, going to the Big 12, you're not going to have to go to Orlando and play Central Florida. You're going to have to go to Morgantown, West Virginia. So the, a move to the Big 12 is – is but by, by entertaining the idea of going to the Big 12, you are saying as a university, geography doesn't matter to us anymore. So in that case, I'm like, why don't – why doesn't the Big East step up then and and do what they need to do to get Gonzaga here? I don't understand why the Big 12 would do this. If they do do it, if Gonzaga does go to the Big 12, it is going to be incredible. It is going to be like the it, it really actually might uh Kevin Warren, close your ears. This might actually be the greatest basketball conference ever built. Yeah. Uh, with the way everything's tr- uh trending and and the emphasis that uh football is having and so many schools are trying to figure out their football and the Big 12, like, just kind of taking a step back and saying, uh, we're not going to go all in on basketball, obviously. We're not going to do what the, the original Big East did and kind of, like, collapse because we focus too much on basketball. But, you know, there is going to be kind of a vacuum that arises if the ACC kind of weakens eventually and and football is driving everything. What if we become the super basketball conference? Um, that is profitable. So that would be awesome if it happens. I just don't understand because Gonzaga, even the program – you know, if you wanted to argue the program is more just Mark Few is awesome and has has had a lot of success at a school and would have done this at any other school, uh, I don't agree with that. But, I mean, the fact that I'm not even 100% about that would, would give me a pause if I was the Big 12 because, like, is Gonzaga actually an awesome basketball program or is it just Mark Few has been pretty good for 20 years? Yeah, and we're still trying to figure out what Mark Few looks like without Tommy Lloyd. So, I mean, that that still is something that's in the back of my mind, and I know people, especially Gonzaga fans, don't like that I keep bringing that up, but, I mean, it's something that we have to 
keep an eye on, to say the least. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the Big 12 leaked this story. So I'm going to give Gonzaga the benefit of the doubt. I don't think Gonzaga put this out there. I think that Gonzaga is doing exactly what they should do, which is trying to figure out what the best option is for them, whether it's the Pac-12, uh, whether it's the Big East. Like you mentioned, I think the Big East, obviously a lot of people think that makes a lot of sense. And I think the Big 12 is trying the commissioner, Yormack, right? Brett Yormack is his name. He's trying to make sure that everyone knows that the Big 12 is open for business. And the best way mm -hmm. to to kind of slap you in the face with that reality is by shocking headlines. We know how this game is. So the most shocking headline that you could hear is the Big 12 is going to add Gonzaga. That shocked mm -hmm. me. And if you're Gonzaga, one, this is great for your program that everyone's like, wow, the Big 12 wants Gonzaga, the Pac-12 wants Gonzaga, the Big East wants Gonzaga. Now, all of a sudden, your conference, the Big 10, is saying, we we need to do our research on Gonzaga. Does it make sense for us to get Gonzaga? Maybe we build like a Western, you know, a Western part of the Big Ten where Gonzaga and UCLA and USC and Oregon are like their own four corners of the Big Ten, right? Like this to me is what the, this whole story comes out is the Big 12 saying we're open for business. We'll take anybody. And if you're Gonzaga, you're just the bell of the ball, right? I mean, mm -hmm. and I don't blame them for taking these meetings. I'd take every meeting. I'd meet with the ACC. Shit, I'd meet with the, the French national team and start talking about going <laughs> international. Like, whatever it takes and whoever wants to pay me money and give me, get me in on their TV contract, for sure. But this is definitely a Big 12 messaging. I agree. Big I, 12. I, we, I, we are trying to make a big play. Yeah. I don't think I, I, uh, listen, nothing would, I, I said shocking and wacky, obviously just to, uh, hat tip to Dickie V. I didn't actually find this shocking. No, nothing will shock me anymore with conference realignment. You could tell me Alabama is going to the big 10 and I would be like, I mean, I guess like it's in the realm of possibility. <laughs> I, I guess. Like it's, it's a little, I, I didn't see it coming, but honestly, <laughs> you know, it, you give me five minutes to think about it. And I, at this point with conference realignment, I'll talk myself in anything. I'll just go, yeah, you know, it makes yeah. a lot of sense actually. If you really, <laughs> you know, Indiana culturally, you know, reminds me a lot of Alabama. When I was <laughs> they actually used to play a lot in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, nothing really actually does shock me, but, uh, as far as like potential landing spots for Gonzaga, if they were to join a conference, like what's next for the next iteration of Gonzaga basketball? Um, I don't, the big 12 is not at the top of my list because I, as you said, like it, it, if, if you're going, if Gonzaga wants to take their basketball team to a, a conference that has all football, it's a bunch of schools with football and they're the one school that doesn't yeah. have football. Um, and that is on the table and it's possible. And like these conferences are willing to just discuss it with Gonzaga the Pac-12 is the answer. And I know the Pac-12 is dying, but there will always be a need for a West Coast conference. There's always going to be something. I mean, it's funny that I there literally is a West Coast conference in Kentucky. City. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky's in the West Coast. <laughs> There's going to be a need. We need. A West There's going to be a need conference. for a West Coast conference. <laughs> Somebody like, create yeah, a West Coast conference. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, maybe the WCC does become, but like, there's always going to be, uh, you know, that th that's, that's going to exist. Um, so cause, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like it's Pac-12 or Big East. Like those are the two that make the most sense if they're going to, cause if, because if you're, if, if you're joining the Big 12, you're saying geography doesn't matter anymore. And if it doesn't matter anymore, go to the Big East and where you cold, you fit better culturally, you fit better, um, with, with how the money will get divvied up. You don't have to worry about are you supposed to start a football program? I saw people talking about that. Does that mean Gonzaga now has to start a football program? How much money is that going to cost? Um, all that sort of stuff. I, I don't, I, my, my top three options, 
And again, I say this, I'm not rooting against Gonzaga joining the Big 12. If it happened, that would that would actually I want to I want Gonzaga in the Big 12 or the Big East probably. It would be my yeah. like <clears throat> desired outcomes. I would, the agree, top, I would agree with that. The top 3 things that I think are likely are Big East, Pac-12 or uh Gonzaga just goes independent. I still think that should happen. I still think if I, I, I was running that... Gonzaga, I was Gonzaga's AD, I would be like it should should our basketball team just be independent and we create our own schedules and do our own thing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the the w- what they're actually going to end up coming down to is that decision, and they're going to say, all things considered, we can build a pretty amazing schedule. We can get recruits to come here and play here because we're guaranteed to play Michigan State, Carolina, you know, UCLA, mm-hmm. whoever it is, you know, in our non conference, and then we'll we will build our Notre Dame conference schedule where we play at an SEC team in February, we play at a whatever you know Pac twelve team and whatever. And I think if you're Gonzaga, that's the best way to get the most money out of your program. Because if you have to go to the Big 12 and build a football program, you're already, what, 100 years behind? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, what what are you even doing? Like, And that's just like, you're just losing money. And no one, no recruits coming up to Gonzaga to play football. And it just seems like a rat race and to if nowhere. You don't, so if I were them, it just doesn't make sense. And if you don't build a football program, how is the the divvying of the money going to work? You know? Like, you're not... Then, then at that point, like, what's the point of joining the Big 12 if there's no way they're going to split the money equally with you. So like the idea of like joining the big 12 for like the big media rights that they have, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not smart yeah, enough it- to figure all that out. I, I, I should say that I'm not, I I'm, I'm, I'm a moron with this shit. Like I, I read over these TV contracts and I'm like, it seems like a lot of money. And then you, you see someone that knows what they're talking about and they're like big 12 or like the pac 12 sadly only signed for $4 billion or something. <laughs> like, that feels <laughs> like a lot of money to me i don't know um yeah but so i you know i i don't know how it all i i i will will uh i I, you know i'll raise my hand and say i'm an idiot when it comes to this contract type stuff and how all this works and all that but i'm just thinking of like um yeah i don't i don't know it 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 just it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but i like that it's happening like you said like i like that they're both using each other the big 12 is using gonzaga gonzaga is using them i like that we're talking about it because i i do think at the end of the day, what has to happen is Gonzaga has to get out of the WCC. And I say that as a WCC fan. I like some of the schools out there, but, but like they've, they've outgrown that pond and they got to figure out what's next. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's also, I mean, the other team that I think of when I think of Gonzaga is St. Mary's. I mean, I think St. Mary's is another situation where it's like that basketball program is a top you know, I mean, they're, they're a top 50 basketball program, maybe even higher, you know what I mean? And Randy Bennett mm-hmm. is a great coach. So, I mean, St. Mary's is another program there, there is some world, there is some sort of common sense approach to all of this, where it's like, let's get these top programs playing each other and, and create a system where it incentivizes people. And, and we actually pay out a, a fair amount, but I do think that Gonzaga is in the rush process, right? Where everyone's telling you how great you are and, and bringing you in. But as soon as you enter the big 12, now you're now you're enemies. You know what I mean? Like all those right. same teams that are like, we want you Gonzaga or like Big East, like we want you Gonzaga. As soon as you're in the fold, they're like, screw Gonzaga. They have nothing to offer. You know what I mean? Like it immediately right. will, will flip. I mean, ask any of these ACC teams that came in late. You know what I mean? They're like, what the hell? These guys are so yeah. nice to us. And now they're all like, I hate you so much, Miami. Get out of my ask, face. Yeah. How the Big Ten fan, <laughs> fans feel about Maryland. Yeah. Exactly. Like we're, we're, everyone, we're, everyone, when Maryland came in the Big Ten, they were like, "Yeah, y'all are so jealous. We got Maryland, and now yeah. they're like, please get Maryland out of my face.'" And that's just how it works. You know, it's been, what I mean? so 10, it's like, it's been ten years at this point, and, and has it twenty? It was twenty fourteen. It's 20, been almost ten years. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, I think it was announced um, in twenty twelve, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. What it feels like. Yeah. Um, 
And we're no closer to accepting Maryland into the Big Ten. No, I mean, if you ask a Big Ten fan, like a real Big Ten fan, and you were like, hey, what about Maryland? They're like, I don't know. It's like year three of Maryland. I'm already annoyed by them. Yeah. They're like, it's year we're, 10. They're like, we're, what? We're, we're treating it like a trial run still. We're like, yeah, we'll see how, like, I'm not impressed lately. Like, we'll see if they'll stick around. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no. Impressed. Yeah, you're like, no, no, actually, they're sticking around. Like, they're in the conference. They're like, no, I don't think they are. Like, it's, a, yeah, no, no, no. They're going to get relegated. It's like a uh, yeah family like kicking the tires on like the new son-in-law or something, and the wedding's already happened. And they got five kids together, and they're like, oh, yeah. "We'll see." You know, Jessica brought home a new boy, and it's like, "Dad, I didn't bring home a new boy. This is my husband." <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we'll together see. We're in holy matrimony. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We have to. Yeah, we we'll have to. Uh, um, moving on. Um. Or do you have anything else on uh, Gonzaga? No, nah, that's all I got. Shout out to Gonzaga, though. Good for them. Is there is there anything I'm... interesting to be said about Kansas self-imposing a band other than the mixed messaging? Because it is it is kind of wild. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what can like Kansas is trying to have their cake and eat it too. And I do love, um, I do love the gangster shit that Bill Self's trying to pull. I do love, uh, you know, it's it's, I respect it. I guess I should say I don't love it. It is a little hard for me to to. Um, not feel like a massive hypocrite when it comes to how we treat Bill Self and the media at large, like coddles this man. And, and <laughs> Absolutely. Just because he's, you know, he's got those fat cheeks that we want to pinch and we're just like, look at him. There he is. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't necessarily love it, but at the same time, I respect it. I, I do respect that the man's like been a gangster with all this, this stuff with Kansas, that the FBI stuff and the video he put out that we, we don't need to talk about it anymore. We, we all know all the stuff that, uh, all the, all the examples, but um, yeah, the, the messaging that Kansas is putting out is starting to become a little confusing with the, we did absolutely nothing wrong, but we're also going to suspend our coaches for four games. So it's like, I, I, I feel like they're one their only objective at this point is like, keep the, the title banner up, but also like not sync the program. So like they want to self-impose enough. So, but like if, if if you like suspended Bill Self for a year or like took him off the recruiting trail or like did something that was like actually substantial, it would it would stop it would take your foot off the gas of the program, you know? So they're kind of yeah. like trying to slap themselves on the wrist, but slap themselves hard enough that like they can keep the banner that they just won. Um and it's it's a very weird song and dance that's going on, trying to make sense of what the hell Kansas is trying to accomplish here. Yeah, I think that the big takeaway here is that basically Kansas has the same governing body to make the decision that Louisville had, which I think fares well for them, which basically yeah. says that now that the IARP has said Louisville did nothing wrong, here's a $5,000 fine, you're going to see, I'm not, I think Kansas will have a worse fine, but at the end of the day, it, it's going to be, it's not going to be that harsh, you know what I mean? And uh, I think getting ahead of it makes a lot of sense. $7,000. <laughs> And Bill Self has kind of said it without saying it. And I think the the best quote that I heard him say, which kind of says what we all know is what he's trying to say. He said, Kansas is Kansas. And, you know, and, and I think that like, you know, you hear that and you're like, you're like, what do you mean that that says a lot? But I mean, it really does say what we all know about college sports. I mean, Kansas is Kansas and Kansas I mean, they they are originators. They are the they are the originals of this stuff and uh, of this world that we wade in and of fanatics and of the, the entire basketball community at large. You know what I mean? So when you think about Kansas is Kansas, this is a, you know, this is like when Adam Silver is like, I'm going to talk to an owner, you know, 
And it's like, well, mm -hmm. they're your boss, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like the NCAA is like going to talk to Kansas. And yes, Kansas is technically under their guy, under their guidance. But at the end of the day, Kansas is their boss. And Kansas is one of the five, six pillars of this whole game that we got going on in the NCAA. So Kansas is Kansas. I think Bill Self said that, you know, and basically he didn't even, I, I, you know, I don't think he was trying to add any more, uh, you know, onto that. But I read a lot into that because I think that pretty much says what it is. And they have done nothing wrong, but they're also getting ahead of doing nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, but if and we did do something wrong, let's... Uh... <laughs> like, we've already addressed it, so don't worry about it. And... We look, it's Adidas. We, we know what Adidas is doing. And, and I think a lot of people hear me say that and they're like, well, it's not just Adidas. Uh, of course. What, what, why does Adidas do what they do? Adidas learned from Nike. Nike is the, the kingpin of this whole game, of this whole grassroots branding game. But Adidas was just doing it more flagrantly because Adidas was like, we are second, but we have to work to be number one. And, this this is all out in the open. We all know what the game is. And I, I respect that Bill Self and Curtis Townsend and Kansas at large have basically said, prove it, bitch. You know what I mean? That's pretty much yeah. their outlook on this whole situation. While also at the same time saying, we've done enough on our end to address the problem and, you know, leave it be. So, I mean, there's really not much to take away other than, like, they finessed it perfectly right i mean yeah looking at what louisville did and what kansas did you can see the difference between how you handle a situation because they're both adidas programs they both had very similar things they had both level one viol a lot of four or five level one violations and the way that kansas addressed it and dealt with it was like we're behind our coach he is going to be our coach we will deal with all this in the background but still he will continue doing what he's doing and Louisville said, okay, well, it's our coach's fault and it's our AD's fault and, you know, da 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 right, da right, right. And they blew the whole thing up. So, I mean, th this is the perfect example of two things can be very similar but treated very differently by the NCAA. But it does come a lot down to how you handle the NCAA, unfortunately, and Kansas is Kansas. Kansas yeah. is Kansas. Yeah, uh, I guess we should say, like, there's still a, a very tiny chance that Kansas does get some sort of hit. I, I can't even finish the sentence. I'm sorry. <laughs> If, if can if, if Kansas, I honestly, I would be, I would be annoyed if Kansas got the, uh, the, the banner taken down. Cause I'm so tired of that. You know what I mean? No, I don't want the I banner got, taken down, but like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, at this point, like th that's, what's fascinating too, is like, what even is the hammer anymore? You know, like what is, what, what is, you, you take scholarships away? Cause like you got Nate, you got NIL stuff now that like, who, who gives a shit? You take a scholar, like, okay, so you can't give a kid a scholarship. They don't even give it half these recruits don't even give a damn about the scholarship in the first place. They just want to go somewhere they get paid. Um, that means and what nothing. is a scholar? What is taking a scholarship away? It takes away an opportunity from a kid. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I know that everyone's like roll their eyes at that, but at the same time, like it's not a real punishment for the act. You know what I mean? If anything, it's just more damaging. Yeah. And, to and the actual and kids that are trying to do it. Yeah. Take away recruiting opportunities is th that's going to, by the way, that's going to be the next thing that people lose their minds over and argue is insane. And I can't believe how antiquated this rule is and all that kind of stuff that like a grown man can't talk to another you know, like can't talk to an 18 year old kid about where he's going to spend his life and formidable years. And, and all we are restricting two people communicating with each other about life decisions. How does that make any sense? We have to get rid of all recruiting restrictions, get rid of all recruiting rules. Let, let guys, you know, call recruits at any time of day. I really think that that's going to be like another crusade that happens. It's like, why can't, 
Like it doesn't make any sense. Like the 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 it's it, we we should. Have, I thought it was a free country. Why can't college basketball coach coaches call recruits whenever they want and talk to them whenever they want and visit them whenever they want? And you know why do we have these rules in the first place? Those rules are going to go away. Um, yeah, I don't know. So like, what what does a hammer drop even look like? Postseason ban, I guess. But then like, yeah. you know, everyone yeah, goes. Now- every, you know, those aren't vogue anymore either because everyone's like, did the kids that are on the team now had nothing to do with that? That's not fair. And you know, so I don't know. Like. I don't even know what it, what it looks like. Like suspend Bill Self for a year. That's the hammer. I guess that that would that would do something. That's something. But but know. let's be honest. Like then we get in a situation where like Bill Self is away from the program for a year, and then he's just meeting with other programs, and he gets another job. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's a Udoka situation where it's like in the case yeah, yeah, like yeah. what the hell? You know, we just yeah, lost our then, head coach because we're trying yeah. to play like the moral high ground here. Yeah, and then like Bill Self actually comes out ahead and is cackling all the way to the bank, and you know, <laughs> yeah. And look, so. we're dealing with we're we're dealing with cowboys in the wild wild west. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there are rules, yeah, there are regulation, but the, but at the end of the day, what drives college sports and recruiting? It's a code. It's a code to how you do it. It's a code to how you you um you know basically there there's a way to do things and a way to not do things, and a lot of guys do things that even if it's quote unquote cheating by the rules, it's the code that they follow. So they get away with it. But then there are certain guys that break that code. Like Rick Stansberry, mm-hmm. for example, I like using Rick Stansberry. It's like, well, will wait, right? It's yeah. like, you, you're not even following the code. And then when it comes back and backfires in your face, no one has any sympathy for you. Right. I mean, that is like the underlying part of all this too, where it's like Bill Self, a lot of the coaches are like, of course, that's what Kansas does. Kansas is always, they've been doing that. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I don't find that any shocking or whatever. That's just like part of the game, you know, chalk it up to the game. But they don't think that Bill Self and Kansas cheated on the basketball court to actually help them win. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the other part of it too, where it's like this weird middle ground of like, they were cheating, of course, but then they weren't cheating in the actual product of uh, of what happened. Same when we talked about Louisville with 2013. And, and then it's just this muddied wor- water that we have to wade in and, and deal with. And it just kind of goes nowhere. It's strange and times like you said, for sure, well, man. It's yeah, strange but what's times. the end game? It's, there's it's no end game. Weird. Yeah, there's no end. It's, it's, yeah, everyone's exhausted from trying to make sense. I don't even know where my moral compass fall points on this stuff, you know? I, I don't, I really don't. I don't even know how I feel anymore. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, it used I, to be very I, black and white or felt or yeah. felt like a very cut and dry yeah. situation. Like either I'm you just, cheat or you don't cheat. I'm just so fatigued on it all. I think that I just don't care, you know, that like, yeah, if Bill Self gets a quote, quote unquote, gets away with this, um, it sucks. And I, I, I feel like for, if you're a fan of Missouri, especially it is your rival and Missouri has, if you Google NCAA sanctions, Missouri, um, it's it, the results are not pretty and they're not, uh, coherent because there's been so many that you have to like sort through like which one you're talking about. And, you know, um, if someone said that to you, they're like, do you remember the time when Missouri got the hammer dropped by NCA? You know, you, mm-hmm. you have to be more specific, please. Like you have to, you have to remind <laughs> me you're talking football or basketball and if basketball, which, <laughs> which time with basketball, which are you talking, you know? Um, so yeah, if you're like a Missouri fan and you see the Kansas is quote unquote, getting away with this. It's infuriating. How could it not be? Um, of course. But at the same and time, as all, a, all as a, I could say to them is Kansas is Kansas. Yeah, exactly. And as an innocent bystander, I'm just like, man, I feel for you, Missouri fans. I feel for you, like Oklahoma State fans. You know, like you had a postseason ban, um, and and then Kansas wins the tournament that you were banned from. Uh, it's insane. It's crazy. It, it makes no sense. Your conference rival is the, the national champion in a tournament that you're banned. Um, 
but also I, 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 if I'm being completely honest as an innocent bystander, who's just kind of observing from the sidelines, I don't care. I just like, I'm so fatigued by it all that like, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm cool with cheating. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm an apologist for cheaters now. Well, we're so, we're so jaded by the whole, I mean, the game has been going on so long and Tarkanian, the quote that we always joke about, I mean, with Cleveland state, I mean, it it is like that's and that, and it was happening 40 years before that, you know what I mean? And it's always, it's, you know, it's not a good example. It's not good to always be like, well, that's how it's always been. But unfortunately when it comes to college basketball and recruiting violations and things like that, it's always had some sort of an underbelly to it that everyone, uh, you know, tries to look away from. Let's talk about a guy who uh, has never lived in that seedy underbelly world and uh, has, has always been above board and runs a clean ship. And we know that. We love him for it. Um, John Calipari. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's wrap up with this before we get to shout outs. Um, I, I, I think we need a segment. I think we needed this week in John Calipari news because it's it, the, the twists and turns of Kentucky basketball. Uh, <laughs> I, the the writers from Louisville, I, maybe they switched with Kenny Payne. Like when when Louisville maybe. hired Kenny Payne, the writers who were writing the Louisville storylines have moved over to Lexington, um, yeah. and trying to make sense of whether Kentucky's in a great spot, or they're terrible, or the sky is fall. Like is the sky falling, or is Oscar Sheway coming back? So for that reason, they're going to win the national championship. But also, John Calipari is is you know the fans hate him. But then also like when I sometimes when we do shows Tate and I'll go in on Cal a little bit and say like, he's, he's lost his luster. Then like people chirp at me and are like, no, he hasn't. We love Cal. We'll always love Cal. And I'm like, do you, I'm confused. Um, I can't make sense of what the hell's going on in Lexington and John Calipari can't either Tate because, uh, he puts out this, <laughs> he puts out this video from his, I office. think that's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah. He, do, he doesn't, he doesn't have any idea what the hell's going on. This was on uh what Tuesday. On Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, a message for BBN before I head into practice today. Let's enjoy this ride. It's a minute and a half video where he's sitting in his office uh, talking about this team. And the quotes that I that I pulled were, we're, we're not where we need to be right now. And I'm looking at November and December saying we could be a little shaky. Those are That's, that's one thing he said, Tate. Um, I love the pieces. I love the teammates. But w- what we have to do to win at the highest level is going to take us some time. I'm saying this for me as well as you. Um, so basically he's already, they haven't even started the season. He's already tempering expectations at a time when Kentucky fans want to do the exact opposite. Their expectations are sky high. Given the last few years of the program, the fact that they're bringing back the national player of the year, um, all of that, the recruiting classes they have come, like, they're like, all right, the, the bullshit's over. It's time to get back to the John Calipari era basketball. We know and love where we were going to the final four. It felt like every single year, at least you know, knocking on the door and, and, and we were ranked number one at some point during every single season. Um, this is, this is pretty shocking to me because this isn't, this team he has is not young Tate. This is a move that Cal pulls when he's got five freshmen starting or like four freshmen and one sophomore and like a, a Terrence Jones type guy is a sophomore and he's your leader of your team. And you're looking around in your Cal and you're like, I don't know, man, we're pretty young. Like if my sophomore is going to be the guy who's leading my team, we could be screwed. I better put out this quote that says we're that's not this team. They're old. They it's a severe wheeler, Oscar Sheway, CJ Frederick's like your, your new shiny toy. That's going to like solve all your shooting problems. He, the, all these dudes are old. And for him to be talking this way before the season has even started, it's alarming. Is it not? Or are we, are we being alarmed? Are we Cal alarmist? Like, I don't know what, I don't know what the hell else to say. Like, I, I feel like I'm going crazy, like observing the signs and all the, the stuff that's coming out of Lexington. I'm like, there, there's trouble in paradise. 
but no one else seems to be feeling like there's trouble in paradise. Well, that video kind of confirmed it to me. And I will say this, a friend of the program who is a coach reached out to me, uh, in college basketball and, uh, he, uh, he didn't say anything, you know, that was too damning, but he did say, I do find it weird that someone gets surgery, uh, you know, a couple weeks before the season starts, you know, he's like, that's always a red flag to me, which kind of confirmed mm-hmm. what you and I were talking about, where even if, I mean, and hope knock on wood, Oscar's all good. It's still not the best sign. And, and the way that Cal has tried to message it and tried to massage it for everyone confirms my own, you know, like my own concerns with this whole team. I hope that I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong because I like when Cal and Kentucky are formidable, but at the same time, the way that he is posturing, I mean, you could see like the Kentucky fans reactions to that video. If you just looked at the comments for five seconds, I mean, they're like, what? Like, what (laughs) what is that? Like, are we supposed to be winning the national championship this year? What do you mean? Like we're, we got a, we got a long road. Give us some time. Like, and he, he's worn his welcome with that whole stump speech, right? I mean, the Kentucky fans are over that. They're, they are beyond. And like you said, when you're the second oldest team in the SEC or the oldest team in the SEC, one or the other, no one has any time for that. And they expect to win titles. Like they've been striving for nine for a long time. And we're, when, we're, we're a decade, we're a decade past that Anthony Davis title. You know what I mean? We're a decade plus yeah. at this point. And that's a long time removed. And those fans, they're not putting up with it. When, they're, when not, Cal, they're not going to put up with it. When Cal speaks outward to the public, he talks about how Big Blue Nation's the greatest and um, Kentucky's the number one basketball brand in the, in the country. And look how many billions of dollars I've made for my guys. And um, like th- this is we we are the standard that every other program is shooting for. And what I've built in Lexington, <laughs> I don't know if it goes that far, but no, it's, uh, yeah, it's like kind that. of. Um, he, 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 you know, he's a, he, and, and rightfully so like, that's their job as the coach is to, to pump up the brand and, and tell everybody how great Kentucky is. But then when he turns inward and speaks to, to the actual Kentucky fans and his own little family of big blue nation, he does the exact opposite and says, do not expect anything. We are, we are not. Yeah. And I he don't understand. Them. How do you get away with yeah. that? How do you, how do you mm-hmm. tell people like we are the best, we, we, we won't settle for anything less than being great. Come to Kentucky, come play for me and you'll win national championships. You'll be on TV. You'll get to meet Drake. You'll, you'll get all these things. And then you turn to the fan base and say, why are you guys putting so much pressure on these guys? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do I you mean, guys expect look, us to our, keep winning? <laughs> I mean, RIP Pete Gillen, but I have to bring out Rex Chapman because I mean, three <laughs> years ago, um, we, we were in Las Vegas at the CBS classic. This is 2019 and your team, uh, Ohio state beat Kentucky. And John Calipari, you know, after that game, basically does a whole speech about how, how Ohio State's the number one team in the country. No questions about it. No ifs, ands, or buts. And then we talked to Rex Chapman just like offhand for a moment. And he's like, I'm so sick of this shit. You know, I'm sick of this guy selling me a bill of goods yeah. and then not delivering. And that's three years ago. You know what I mean? Like that, and, and that was pre-pandemic. So you had five years on top of that. And now you understand why Cal is scheduling Indiana, why Cal is scheduling Gonzaga in an mm-hmm. actual road game, because he is like Magic Johnson. I'm not going to be here. I mean that is, that is the only that is the only takeaway that I have. And and damn if these Kentucky people won't turn on him because they should. They have every right to. If he if they come out this year and they are not who they should be, and they have the same sort of issues that we saw last year at times, mm-hmm. they they have every right to turn on him. They have every right. And I and I will be right behind Big Blue Nation and say, yes, told you so.
Because you and I tried to beg them not. We were like, don't play this Dude, game. I've been, like, you're dancing I've, with the devil. Why, why on, do you continue to dance? <laughs> I've been on this since 2015. Since they lost to Wisconsin. They had no bit. Like, Wisconsin was very, very good. Uh, this, mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with Wisconsin. Kentucky was. They have no business losing that game. They had no business losing any game. The team and 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 Cal got so cute with it, and he he like he he had so much fun getting in front of all the cameras and microphones that season, talking about how like he's gonna get all of his guys paid, and like we're gonna give everyone opportunity. And I'm pulling my hair out, like, dude, you're not getting paid to do that. You're paid to kick everyone's ass. Like it doesn't, yeah, you know, it, it, I I don't understand what the hell is going on here. Like Aaron, you you giving Aaron Harrison more burn so that he can get drafted higher. Like I I get it. That's cool. And you you like it's it's in some ways it's admirable as a human being that you feel like you made a promise to this kid and all this sort of stuff. But like if I was a Kentucky fan, I'd be going crazy. Like I don't need you to play ten guys to show off and to run up the score. Like to 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 you know not only are we gonna win, but we're gonna get all these guys drafted and get all the. Like Our two the, starting fives are better than any starting yeah. five in the country, is what he said. Just yeah. win the goddamn title. That's all I'm asking. Win a title, and then they lose against Wisconsin, and Cal was like, yeah, but. Wait till the draft, you guys, because then I'm gonna, then I'm really gonna shine. I'm gonna show <laughs> then you how kill my millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Also, like the most damning part in retrospect is like the best player on that team, bar none, right now is Devin Booker, and the guy was coming off the bench. Off the I mean, bench. He, he, there's nothing else you can say about that. I mean, that that just is what Carl it is. Towns playing 19 and a half minutes a game or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy, but uh, anyway, we're, we'll the, the the Cal the twists and turns of Cal this season are going to be incredible because if he's saying this about an experienced team. You know, th- th- this is not a Kentucky team that you should be saying this stuff about before the season starts. This is a Kentucky team that should he should be saying the exact opposite. Like, for finally, for once in my my career at Kentucky, I have a team that is ready to go in November. You know, like that. that that's what I thought he would be saying about this group of guys. And the exact opposite is happening, and that's insane to me. Yeah, to me, I'm just like, who is the guy that's going to score your 20, 25 points a game to make you, while you're getting Sheboy back into the fold, who's going to carry that that load for you? Because, I mean, to me, like a Ty Ty Washington type last year, I'm like, okay, I could see Ty Ty being that guy at some level. Yeah. But I don't know any of these younger guys. I, I'm excited to see that. But then it goes back to like, are we putting pressure on these younger guys to be averaging right. 20 points a game? Or like, is Jacob Toppin supposed to average 25 points a game? You know right. what I mean? Like, th- right. this is... This is my question with this team in general, and I think that's what worries me about Cal and the whole you know PR campaign he's got going. But shout outs, you got anything? Uh, I want to shout out. I mean, I, look, you know, we don't talk about the NBA too much here because we roll our eyes, but I do want to shout out one good thing in the NBA, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, mm. If you have not watched the Milwaukee Bucks, if you, you are, love the Bucks, dude, uh, you just want to tongue kiss the milwaukee bucks dude <laughs> i you think just... i just like i i think i'm so like uh i don't get to watch real basketball anymore or like team yeah. basketball so when i see it it just like it, it like warms my heart Giannis reminds me a little bit of duncan in that sense where it's like he just kind of is above all the fray and you know he's a very likable guy in general but he's actually way more likable right out, outwardly uh than tim duncan but in general they're the only undefeated in the nba they're seven and zero right now mm. Um, the Warriors in 2015, 2016, they were 13 and 0. Um, I, I went and saw them when they won against Clippers to get to 13 and 0. And at that time, I was like, something special was happening. So we're about four games away from me flagging the Milwaukee Bucks having That's... a really special season. But, okay. <laughs> but Chris Middleton is not back yet. Chris Middleton is not back, uh, and they are still doing this. And I, I don't see it slowing down. And if you look at their schedule. I think they could start the year fifteen and zero, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, I need uh, uh, what, what, watch what the they, Bucks. They have to win four more. They have to go eleven and zero. Is that what you said? 
Yeah, eleven and zero is okay. when my radar's up. That's when I. That's, that's when, when you. Believe. That's when you tweet out a graphic that says "Legacy Special" in all caps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stamp yeah, the special yeah. on the graphic. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I really like. There's a lot to hate about the NBA currently. I mean, think about all the scandals yeah. that are going on, like Josh Primo, Kyrie Irving, Robert Sarp. I mean, the NBA is all turmoil and bullshit, but. At the end of the day, if you don't care about any of that, which I don't, and you just watch the basketball, the Cavaliers are amazing, by the way. The yeah. Cavaliers are so fun to watch. They're they're my second favorite team that I want to make out with. Uh it's the it's the Bucks and the Cavs. They're they're my top two. And uh everybody else, I I you know, I, I'm trying to figure out if I care, but those two have my attention all year long. No, you're so. right. The the basketball's been better and, and that's been my uh um yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I really don't think you're certainly not anti NBA. I get accused more of being anti NBA than than you do, and because I basically only bitch about it. <laughs> I guess that's probably how you get that reputation. But fair huh? enough. I mean, I, um, I agree with the points that you're making. Yeah, man, and it's like I just want the basketball to shine, and I want it to be basketball that looks like the sport that I was taught growing up, and like you know, and I and I get that things change and get with the times, old man, and all that kind of stuff. I'm actually very encouraged. They started calling carrying on Jordan Poole. You see that yeah. like that, like that is, um, I don't know, but the but pendulum's it's like, like swung too far the other way. And like, I don't want to be the, uh, I don't want to be the old guy. That's like complaining about kids these days and you know, and all that. So I try not to be. So like, I just kind of like detach from all NBA stuff. Cause like every time I watch it, it's like, I can't help it. I don't, I, there's, there's no other thought I have than like, I don't think this is cool that, that John Morant takes 12 steps and runs with the ball, with his, you know? <laughs> And and then dunks on a guy and like sorry I'm not dabbing in the crowd saying how sick is that you know I'm just yeah, like yeah. I think he traveled there like the step backs that they that they allow is insane it's insane I don't know how else to say it like yeah. I wish I do wish that I could I had it within me I had the capacity to watch step back like Luca doing a step back and and Harden's the the real offender of it and say yeah that's cool I like that that's sick how he does it Jason Tatum's another guy that comes to mind with the step back and takes twelve steps. Um, I wish I thought it was cool, Tate. I don't like every time I see it, I'm like, that's a travel. I, I, I can't get it out of my brain. That's a travel. I was taught yeah. to speak a language. I know this language. That's a travel in my language. <laughs> like I can't, yeah. I can't learn at, th at 35 years old. I can't learn a new language. Like I know yeah. what I and know. I, and, I, and if I hear one more person, like ex try to explain the gather step to me, I'm like, you yeah. can explain it all fucking day, dude. Yeah. You, you yeah, literally you can sit yeah. there all day and explain it. And so, I get what you're saying. I, it's not that I don't get what you're saying. I'm just saying it's a travel. I've, yeah. Like, so I'm not trying to like argue that the NBA is bad. I'm just like, I, I can't, yeah. it doesn't compute with like my <laughs> way of why. So you're absolutely right. Like we have to appreciate the good basketball when we get it. The Bucks do play great basketball. I, I love watching I, I, them. And um, the Cavs, I'm telling you, the, the Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, one, two, Darius Garland threw an alley-oop to his two guard. The one guard threw an alley-oop to mm -hmm. his two guard. And then you go down the list. And at one point during this game, Jalen Brown was having to guard Evan Mobley because guess what, Titus? Evan Mobley can play the three. This man is 6'11", seven feet tall. He can play the three. Like, He's gonna save Cavaliers, USA basketball. I, Evan, I, Evan I Mobley is our savior of USA basketball. He's gonna save if it I, from if, if, I, if I were a Cleveland Luka. resident, I would be all like, I would love the Cavs more than I've ever loved the Cavs. I mean, mm. this, this team is so likable. Bickerstaff is so likable. I mean, damn, even Luke Walton on the bench looks likable at this point. Kevin Love seems likable. I mean, it's like all these guys I used to not like. I'm like, I don't know for whatever reason with this group. And Donovan Mitchell is a very likable star. I've always liked Donovan Mitchell. So I. I just think the Cavs are great. So Bucks and Cavs, watch the Bucks and Cavs if you're watching you NBA basketball. And watch uh watch the NBA G League. I just saw that they uh they they have their <laughs> salaries. <laughs> 
their salaries are over forty thousand dollars per player for the first time now. They finally got uh they're paying guys forty grand a year. So sick, um, sick. Um, so watch out, college basketball. RIP college <laughs> basketball. Now the G League players are making forty grand a year. This is gonna change it's over. This is gonna it's revolutionize basketball as we know it. Yeah, um, it's over. I want to uh what what was I gonna shout out? Uh oh, I went uh I want to shout out <laughs> My dad, you can probably hear me. Actually, I'm, I'm at my parents' house in Indiana recording this because uh, I'm going to uh, on Monday. I'm going to uh, I'm opening the season. I'm going to Hinkle for uh, Coach Mata's first yeah, game. I love that. Uh, I, I want to. Uh, Evan's supposed to be there, so that'll be cool. Um, hopefully, we can make that happen. But uh, we're uh, uh, I, I came back to Indy to to go support Coach Mata when he is, he's getting back in the saddle. But uh, I went golfing with my dad today, and my dad's a character on the show. He's a character off the show. It's just you know you know, <laughs> he's, he's a character his entire life but he's um we brought him on the show and so i thought that the listeners might like to know this because i i i about fell out of the golf cart we were golfing today before we, we, we were recording this um i about fell out of the golf cart my dad explained to me there's two things i wrote down uh he said and i quote when i coached junior high football i ran eight straight quarterback sneaks <laughs> <laughs> and he told me the story it's also the by the way, this is a better football mind than Nick Saban. People yes, forget. That's, that's, right. Yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. So he tells me a story that Saban uh, would never have the balls to do that. I don't even remember how this came up, but my dad he, he told me today that uh he he once upon a time when he was a junior high football coach, opened a game, receives the kickoff, first play calls quarterback sneak because no the defense wouldn't see it coming. Who opens the game with a yeah. QB sneak? I wouldn't expect it. No one would expect it. Second play calls quarterback sneak because who the hell is going to run a quarterback sneak <laughs> if you just ran a quarterback back sneak? Back. <laughs> and then that's his logic for six more <laughs> quarterbacks. Yeah, he just keeps. He was like, "I run it till they stop it." You know, I'm old school, Mark. You run it till you stop it. Don't <laughs> don't give them an inch. <laughs> so he's telling me this as I'm trying to golf, and I'm like, "Man, I can't. This is this is incredible. This is." galaxy brain thinking that i have to share with tate so I, th I thought you'd appreciate that and then the other thing i wanted to point out was uh you know you know that he uh my parents got a place down in uh my my, my sister moved to conway so she's a yeah, yeah, coastal yeah. carolina you know right around coastal carolina whatever um so my 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 parents got a place down there so they can see their grandkids and and whatever so now my dad all of a sudden is a big coastal carolina fan like that so i'm Love just it. preparing i'm preparing our listeners for this when my dad comes on the show and starts talking about sunbelt basketball that's why um, he uh, he corrected me today, though, and it cracked me up. And I knew you were like the only person in my life that appreciated that. Uh, I, 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 I uh, was talking to him about the Chanticleers and he corrected mm -hmm. me and he goes, it's the Chanticleers, Mark. Chanticleers. <laughs> and then he does the little hand signal to me. And I was like, what the hell is this? So, <laughs> I mean, I love to hear it. So those I are mean, the, two notes the, from, <laughs> the two notes from coach side is he ran eight straight quarterback sneaks and he wants, he wants America to know they're the Chanticleers, not the Chanticleers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they play put some respect tonight. on their name. They play. Yeah, it's going to be a great tonight, game. So. Anyway. I will say the Sun Belt is a fun conference. I brought it up earlier as like a little bit of a joke, but I mean, Conway, there's nothing in Conway other than sports and beach. You know I mean? Yeah. So th that's all people want to do. They want to talk about the Pelicans. They want to talk about the Chanticleers, you know? I will say I have always said the Chanticleers. I've never heard the Chanticleers. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm gonna, I was like. I'm gonna, sure put, I'm gonna put that in my vocabulary. I'm gonna start using that. 
Well, you you know you know my father. He probably just like talked to one guy at a gas station and then took it as yeah. fact. He's like, oh, okay, interesting. I didn't know that. And then like he's correcting yeah. me, and it's like, Dad, I think that guy just maybe was wrong. I don't know. Like, how, do we, how do we know he was right? <laughs> he was in Conway. I mean, there's no telling. There's no um, telling. Anyway, so shout out to uh, I, but the the quarterback sneak thing. I thought uh, I I was like, this is incredible. I have to I have to share this on the show. Um, Honestly, that's amazing. I had a couple more I wanted to get through. Uh, shout out to this guy, Cleveland Bebs was his Twitter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is like some guy DM me and he had a PSA for the people, Tate. And I think this is important. Um, his PSA was this. He wanted me to share with all the friends of the program. The West Regional in the 2023 NCAA tournament is taking place in Vegas. Okay, so I, I believe it's at T-Mobile Arena. Um, the the To go to the Final Four out of the West Regional, you'll be playing on March 25th, okay? The winner okay. of that game, that's the Elite Eight game, will take place in Vegas March 25th. Across the street at the Raiders Stadium on March 25th, Taylor Swift has announced that she will be playing there. And so the PSA is for all the college basketball people. If you had planned on going to Vegas for the first ever March Madness in Vegas event, book your hotels now because the Swifties are coming. And that yeah, was what you have no chance. Idea me. And I, I told the guy, I was like, this is, this is MVP leadership. That's what that looks like for you to, for you to step up and notice that. So yeah, no, there are go. legends and leaders. That guy's a leader. And, guy's uh, a leader. He's, he's yeah, he's ahead of the pack. He sees the storm coming. <laughs> so we need more yeah. of those. I, 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 I need more wanted, forecasters. Yes. I wanted, I wanted <laughs> to put that out there. Shout out to my guy for uh, drawing that to my attention. Um, he's not wrong that, either. And then another thing that was drawn to my attention uh, has been called to my attention is Jack. This guy, Jack, has pointed out that the dunk is no more. Did you know that? That the, the Providence yeah, I, I saw this. got rid of the dunk? Yeah. They, 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 someone reached out to us and said that we should call it the AMP. That is the new nickname, the AMP. But the, I, I don't AMP, like the Amica AMP. Amica Mutual Pavilion? What? Yeah, the, the AMP, the AMP. So I, I'm a little upset about this. I think I might still call it the dunk, but, I, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see how Dude. I feel. The the amp is a fine name and all, but it just it doesn't hit the same as the dunk. As the first dunk. First they came for the rack and I said nothing because I eat at Jersey Mike's and Jersey mm -hmm. Mike's Arena, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Then they same. came for I the I like Jersey Mike's. <laughs> then they came for the Carrier Dome, which is changing its name, by the way. And mm -hmm. I said nothing because I, you know, ever since I learned that the Carrier Dome didn't have air conditioning for the longest time, I was like, that's <laughs> that's fraudulent. So I don't yeah, I don't mind that no they're sense. changing the name. But now you're changing the name of the dunk, and there will be no more top 10 tilts in the dunk. I don't know, man. I have a problem with that. It's too much. It's like a bridge it. too far for me. And I feel like John Fanta, for someone that like we love so dearly on this show, John Fanta has some hits that he likes to play. And a top 10 tilt at the dunk <laughs> is a hit. You know what I mean? Like That's like that, that's something you can't take away from that guy. So I, I hope that Fanta keeps it up. And, and I'll defend him if someone's that's... like, it's not the dunk anymore. I'm like, shut up. Let, let Fanta do his thing. I don't know if you put a gun to my head. I don't. I don't know if I would say that Fanta has ever, ever actually said the words "top ten tilt at the dunk," but like that's just like <laughs> we've created that. Whenever Fanta comes on my television and he's in Providence, I'm just like, oh boy, I'm rubbing my hands, just like that's a top ten tilt at the dunk tonight. Uh, <laughs> what else? Um, Georgia, Tennessee on Saturday. Excited for that. That'll be fun. Um, shout out to. To sec football folks you got to check it out if you've never have they got some good programs <laughs> down there in the south um, yeah it's gonna be good it's gonna be and good. then uh, uh we, had, we had, what, go ahead i was gonna say college basketball also by the time that you hear us again college basketball would have started on monday we got howard playing kentucky 
And uh, North Carolina's playing UNCW. So Monday night, we got some real basketball. Which will oh, be that's fun. right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're going to, by the time we put the new podcast, we're going to record on Monday. But like by the time yeah. it's out, oh my God, the season will have started. I know. That's incredible. Uh, <laughs> also, also by the time you hear us again, the Browns were Bulldogs will be sectional champions in football because we're playing Avon wow. tomorrow again. It's a rematch. And we're going to beat the shit out of them again. So there's that. So shout out, preemptive shout out to, uh, to the dogs for winning sectional and keeping this train rolling. I'm back on the train, dude. We lost. We got cheated a couple weeks ago, but uh, it's okay. It's fine. We're back. State tournament yeah, is starting. Back. We're going to win it. So there you go. Um, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> all right. That's the full show. Uh, congratulations to Louisville. Congratulations to Rick Pitino. Um, exciting times. It's good to have you guys back. Uh, we can't see. Let me check the score, by the way, of the Shamanon game. <laughs> as, I'm trying, as, I was talk, as I'm talking, they're down like, 15 to four. <laughs> no, it hasn't started yet. Okay. We're good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good. Congrats, congratulations to Louisville. God bless you. Uh, and yeah, college basketball is back, dude. The next time people hear us, oh. we're underway. Let's go. Yeah. It's preseason's over. All right. I'm trying to figure out the name of our committee. So I'm thinking, prove it, bitch. He loves too hard. Not anymore. You're not.